Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Matt Liner, and you're listening to Reign of Troy Radio. Reign of Troy Hotline. Alicia, Michael, what's going on? We know you have takes. We have takes. Why can't we just win a game? Can I blame Bob Connolly for this? Can I put on a zebra shirt and just go out there? Forget Michael Castillo on the phone. <laughs> Scrap, claw, up against the wall. Can't explain that what I'm feeling right now, guys. Oh, I can't believe USB is five and seven and not going to a ball. Oh. Alright Trojan fans, turn up the volume. It's time for Reign of Troy Radio. Here's your host, Michael Castillo. Hello everybody, welcome back to Reign of Troy Radio, episode 349, coming to you on Thursday, December 5th. We are going to talk about USC retaining head coach Clay Helton. Break it all down, open up a huge mailbag, a ton of voicemail calls, and so much more here on this episode. As always, you can follow us on Twitter at Reign of Troy, like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Reign of Troy. Be sure to subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, Overcast, Google Play, and Spreaker. Our bonus episodes are on Patreon, patreon.com slash Reign of Troy. Our email address is Reign of Troy at fansite.com, and our phone number is 213-373-1872. I am your host, Michael Castillo. Join along with my co-host... Alicia Daratola. Hello, everybody. Hello, Alicia. Yeah, it's one of those days. It's one of those episodes. Did you say you're feeling like a freight train? First one to complain? Leaves with the blood stain? I, I don't understand this reference. It might be a Seinfeld reference, whatever it is. My brain <laughs> has no answers. I'm just saying it's all about the he said, she said. Oh, are we are we quoting Limp Biscuit now? <laughs> You're going to have to get ready to bleep some stuff, because I think the next next lines in this song can't be, um, oh, yeah, well, it's just one of those days when you don't want to wake up, everybody. <laughs> yeah. Again, I don't think we can continue to sing this song. No. <laughs> well. USC football, am I right? Yeah. Yeah. Is, I mean, <laughs> is that the episode, Michael? Just USC football. Shrug. All right. Thanks, guys. See ya. All right, we we could go back and play the audio from four years ago when Clay Hilton got the the job. We could go back and play Just the audio from back. last year. 
Yeah, I think it's the same episode. So you know what we could do? We're done we could, here. We could uh, commission our buddy Jake Merrifield from the What's Bruin show to put together our own version of his. Um, what would we call that? The eclectic. Uh, uh, no, what's what's the avant garde? Avant garde um, podcasting kit from earlier this year, where we're basically just like recording things backwards and strange noises and that might cover it you know you know we're, we're gonna open up the mailbag and go to a bunch of voicemails but i think we just have to go to one right away uh this comes from the 503 hey rana troy uh i just wanted to say congratulations um you can take uh uh you can go ahead and just use uh the same podcast that you have this year last year and play them again and it'll be the same thing so you won't need to Add any uh, anything additional because you'll be saying the same thing next year that you did this year and last year. So congratulations. Enjoy the time off. Uh, go ahead and relax. Spend time with family. Have a great time. Uh, congratulations. Bye, done. That's it. We're done. See ya. Yeah. See. I mean, <laughs> what what <laughs> what more is there to say, Michael? Trust me. Know. I'm gonna find I'm gonna find words to say. So you guys don't need to worry about. Me lacking words. I have plenty of words left. <laughs> Might just not have the energy to get it out because I've been steaming all day, but the words are definitely there. All right. Uh, let's take a quick break. We'll come right back. Open up the news. Get right into this, shall we? After days of waiting, it finally came through with the news a lot of USC fans were not prepared for. Uh, at 2.19 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, USC Athletic Director Mike Bone tweeted, I am pleased to let you know Coach Helton will continue to be our head coach. His commitment to our student-athletes and to leading with integrity is vital to restoring our championship program, which is the goal for all of our teams. Heading into 2020, Coach Helton and I will work together to take a hard look at all aspects of the football enterprise and will make the tough decisions necessary to compete at a championship level. Yeah. Uh, I mean, okay. Okay. I mean, okay. Maybe don't start that thing with I am pleased. Maybe know your audience. Um uh, Okay, I, real talk here. What what would have been a more appropriate phrase for, to 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 say? The the you, truth like, is the, the truth is that the message was always going to get torn apart because sure. the the because the answer is wrong you know like sometimes there's no good way to to put something so like this is nitpicking there is no good way to put this when everybody doesn't want this to happen um but i don't i don't know uh, i don't know because it's the wrong decision so in what way are we supposed to sugarcoat the fact that this statement looks exactly like the one that lynn swan put out a year ago and is just as pointless and meaningless and falls Short, even more short, because Keely Yor of USCFootball.com put them side by side on Twitter. And I just like, I wanted to just fall out of my chair. Like, 
Okay, so last year they did a, a whole rework. They had people come in and look at the program and evaluate, and they made their changes and all that kind of stuff. And now Mike Bone is going to be the one that ma- that figures this stuff out. Like, okay, dude, I guess. Can I mean, sure, I guess. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what like I don't know what USC wants us to say at this point. Good job. We're so pleased, Mike. Thank you, Mike. For bringing Clay Hilton back. We are so happy. Like, what what, what are we supposed to say at a certain point? Like, what are we supposed to sit here and say? I get that Mike Bone has, there's not, not much he could say to, to, to make this better. Except that, you know, guys, I changed my mind. I'm going to go out and find a different head coach. But, like, what are we supposed to say? Like, I mean, the, the, not to go on, not to start. This is going to be one of several rants because I have so many rants going on here. But just, like, bear with me here. We ha- We now have, like former players and stuff going on Twitter and talking about how like horrible the fan base is because they don't support the team or whatever. And it's like, yeah, I have issues with USC's fan base too, but let's not act like USC fans are being unreasonable today. The national media is like doing the patronizing, like pat on the head going like, Oh, USC fans are so unreasonable. Clay Hilton was eight and four and he had three, you know, a third string quarterback and blah, 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 blah. Like, yeah, fine. You guys don't have to live with this day in and day out. You and I have sat here on podcasts writing things on the website, stating our opinion on this, that Clay Helton needed to go. We've had comments from people. We've had voicemails from people. We've had tweets from people and Facebook messages from people and and votes on our Twitter polls. And we've seen what people are writing on uh, on on Facebook and Twitter and message boards and everything like that. Like, what what are we supposed I'm like, I, I can't flip my my opinion around right now. I can't sit back and go and say this is good for USC. Like, maybe in a week or a month, I can sit back and say, okay, let's look at this, take a step back and see how USC navigates this, in what ways could this work out, anything like that. Like, maybe we can have that discussion later, but I I can't do it now. I can't do it now because I'm just sitting here annoyed and frustrated and peeved and pull out a thesaurus. I can be here all night. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, yeah, I, I don't, I, we, we talked about it on Patreon. We recorded a show on Tuesday night when Football Scoop had a report about, you know, all signs pointed to Clay coming back and, and whatnot. And we had talked about it then, just the whole, like, you know, SC just, they, they can't go through with this. They, they, they can't. Um, you, you know, I, I put it on Twitter yeah, you you can look at 2019 and you can say, especially from, you know, the national perspective or whatnot, that, you know, Clay Helton did a decent enough coaching job to not get fired. Uh, sure, in a vacuum, I'll agree with that. But he, he didn't necessarily do enough of a coaching job to to come back if the national title chase is what people want out of USC. If the, the expectations are national titles... There wasn't anything on display uh, this past season that said that that Clay Helton could get there, and and so that's a that's a problem. But but more importantly, like I, like I wrote this verbatim on Twitter, the season wasn't in a vacuum. It was in context of last year, and the year before, and the year before that, and the year before that. This is a program that has a litany of of issues that they haven't been able to get over in terms of discipline, in terms of consistency, in terms of playing 
you know, coherent football for 60 minutes and all these things, right? And and this is a situation where everything around this program is toxic. Um, not necessarily because of Clay Helton as a person. I think Clay Helton as a person is a fantastic human being. There's no ill will there. I think for most people, everyone sees that he's a good guy, great guy. It's just not working. And where it becomes toxic, and you can see this, are on places like Twitter, where if Carol Folt tweets anything, she's getting bombarded with tweets about how you need to fire Clay Helton and everything's terrible. And if, if Mike Bone tweets, you, you, you see that stuff. And if, if USC themselves tweet that stuff, you see, you see the vitriol from the fans. The fans are done. Uh, our mentions on Twitter at Red of Troy, uh, our, our other friends in the media, every other site, right? Like, everyone sees this. All The, the fans are completely done. And, and these are the fans that are going to be spending money on tickets. These are the fans that you hope, you would hope, would spend money and go and travel and uh, with this team on the road. There, there's road games. You'd, you'd like to see some some road support at Rice Eccles next year in Arlington against Alabama. Heck, in like three weeks in San Antonio or San Diego or wherever SC goes for a bowl game, right? Like, but those fans are done. Those fans are absolutely done. Uh, there and the the fan base is lost. And then here we are with Mike Bone making the decision to bring back Clay Helton. And I do feel for Mike Bone a little bit because I think there's so many factors at play, and we we've seen this, the these you know uh, insinuations about the the complex nature of what's going on at USC, partially financially, and all these these things that are at play that Mike Bone can't necessarily talk about. He can't you know give transparency to all these issues, uh, and yet he has to sit there. And come out and write a tweet, and sure, he could have worded this differently, but like we said, what? no matter what he says, <laughs> he's going to get lambasted for it, and he's completely lost the fan base because nobody wanted Clay Helton back. And here he is bringing Clay Helton back in a tweet that begins with, I am pleased. Yeah, well, and the, and the problem is that the, the fan base was pretty much done last year. Or at least it was like, I'd say last year, if we had run a poll, it probably maybe have been like 50-50. I think people were a little bit 50, more willing. 50-50? They were flying planes, at least. They were flying planes. But I feel like, the, okay, ju- this is just anecdotal, right? I feel like there was a greater number of fans in our mentions and in our comment section who were willing to go to bat for Clay and say, hey, you know, just the, the, this, this, that, and the other thing, the reason why this is happening and give him another year to bounce back or whatever. There is, I can count on one hand the number of people on any forum, social media, uh, message boards, Facebook, Twitter, uh, in person, wherever you hear people talking about these things. I can count on one hand the number of people who have defended Clay Hilton today. And half of them are current or former players. So, like... <laughs> you know, uh, the, the I have never seen USC's fan base this united in something. Have I mean, have you? I I don't think. Uh, I mean, maybe, people were you know not liking the Coliseum renovation. Well, yeah, but not to this degree. There were a lot sure. of people who were like shrug, like us, were like shrug. 
But like maybe the the only time that you see USC's fan base this united is like, okay, is that does everyone want Michael Pittman to win the Blitnikoff? Yes. If you did a Twitter poll of Michael, should Michael Pittman would would do you want Michael Pittman to win the Blitnikoff? You'd probably get ninety percent. Well, that's the numbers that we were getting on people voting on should USC keep keep Clay Helton. But you see activation, right? Like you you see people get involved and engage. Um, which is refreshing in the sense of seeing USC fans care. Um, because one of the criticisms of USC's fan base, and I think this is less about USC, I think this is more of a critique on California, on the West Coast, on LA, and all that, uh, on the Pac-12 in general. Like, it, the, the whole SEC, it means more thing is like, I know it's a meme and it's a joke at this point. But it, it, I mean, it's kind of true, but right? It, it does like, mean more, yeah. Like USC fans are, in general, are not as engaged and as rabid as Alabama fans, Auburn fans, Arkansas fans, Ole Miss fans, right? And it's it's not because those those schools are are, are better or, or this or that. It's just it's a different type of rabid fan culture, right? And yet you see something like this, and everybody. All USC fans are just enraged. And I think that's refreshing in a sense to see the the engagement and the activation there to to go out and say something and and, and feel motivated to try to get something done and, and, and be heard. But I mean the people are not being heard. Well the the question is how much do USC fans want to be heard? Because I'm convinced that Mike Bone and Carol Fult don't understand just how fervent USC fans are in in their unhappiness over this whole thing. I think they look at it and think, oh, you know, there's these crazies who are flooding our our Twitter stuff. Like, if they even see that in the first place, um, th- these are just the crazy people. They don't, you know, the, the the people who want Helton out are just being unreasonable, whatever. We need another year to deal with the financial stuff, to deal with potentially looking at another candidate or anything like that like I think they look at it and say you know we got time and I don't think they realize that like they might not have time and I and and it's hard to sort of discern how serious fans are about the whole I mean last year we got a ton of messages saying I'm getting rid of my season tickets or I'm giving up on this team or whatever and then you still come in this year and like yeah, people are still watching. People are still going to games. Like attendance isn't great, but they're still getting, you know, an average of 59,000 people in at the Coliseum every week. So it's obviously it's obviously not everybody jump ship. But this time around, we're getting even more. I'm jumping ship. I have been a fan for this long and this long and I am I am no more. I'm pulling away my donations. I'm pulling away my season tickets. I'm doing all these kinds of things like those are ultimately going to be the things that speak, I guess, to to how they do it. But the problem is, it's like it's too late at this point, right? The decision's been made and they're going to live with this decision through next year. And as you've pointed out uh, in the past, the trouble with this whole thing is that next year, if you weren't going to fire Clay Hilton now, then are you going to fire him next year? Because you and I both believe that USC is set up to win the Pac-12. 
assuming you get which is the crazy part which right? is the like, stupid part which is the if you want to be a national media member and you look at it, usc fans being so unreasonable like yeah i get i get to if you're looking at it in a vacuum of like you know usc's in in the running for the pac-12 and usc fans want the want to out the oust the head coach like yeah i get there's a certain level of unreasonability there but like the reasons usc is set up to win the pac-12 is not necessarily because of how strong usc is is because of how weak the Pac-12 is, and because of let's, how the schedule sets up. Let, let me let me talk it through because this was something I talked about on Patreon last night. Um, I, I seriously think SC is set up to with bringing back Clay Helton. I am convinced that since you bring him back now, that he will be here for another four years. I, I'm I'm convinced. I mean, we at his least last four years will just years. about to re- like repeat. Because you you look at it and you know everyone says oh it's because of Sam Darnold it's because of Sam Darnold and I never bought into that because it wasn't just Sam Darnold it was the defense it was uh, Juju and Adori and Rojo and all those other guys Lieutenant Wosu uh, everybody right there were so many dudes on Stevie T um, on that team it wasn't just Sam and I think that it's it's demeaning to everybody else to say it was just Sam right oh look at this team next year everyone except for Michael Pittman's back on offense. Save for early entries to the draft from uh, Austin Jackson and, and AVT. And that's if they get good draft grades, which we're not entirely sure. Like, we're not sure yeah. what those draft grades are going to go back. And we don't know if they're definitely out. Like, it's possible, but we don't know. Right. And this was an offense that was pretty damn good in November. Every single game, even the Oregon game for that first half, they were pretty good. Uh, Keaton Slovis is only going to get better. Utah loses freaking everybody. Everybody. And um, Do you trust UCLA to get better? No. Do you trust ASU in year three under Kevin Sumlin? No. Uh, do, do you trust Colorado? No. I, I think I think Colorado's interesting, but like to win the division, certainly well, not. Well, they're losing Steven Montez, so they're, they're going to be breaking in. And LaVisca Chenault. And LaVisca Chenault. Land, Nate Landman. And, and I, I think Mustafa Johnson. Mustafa Johnson, yeah. All those guys, they're losing and, them. And ASU just is changing their entire offensive staff. ASU looks to be the biggest competitor for USC next year. But still, SC is an, is an overwhelming favorite to win the South. And you look at the North, who knows what's going to go go down with Washington. Uh, they had the coaching change now. Oregon is without uh, Justin Herbert. Uh, they still have a ton of talent, certainly. Um, but there, there's no overwhelming favorite in the conference to the point where I think SC might be like the media favorite going into the season. Like, I'm not just saying like, seriously, like talk it out. It's there, which means SC's going to win a lot of games next year. And the year after that, like Drake Jackson is back. Hufanga's back on defense. Pallier Naoteote is back. If you if you make the changes to bring in Clancy Pendergast, I mean, to get rid of Clancy Pendergast and bring in somebody else on defense, I mean, in theory, they could at, at least stay the same, but more than likely just get a little bit better, right? Well, and I think the problem is, is that we can have this conversation and we will continue to have this conversation about how USC should be able to compete for the Pac-12. And yet we're also sitting here saying that we don't trust this head coach to then take that next step from exactly. Okay, you can win the Pac-12, but are you going to go to the playoff? No. Like I don't think USC is going to go to the playoff playoffs. next year. I think USC we'll will about playoffs. You kidding U- me? USC is going to win the Pac-12 at at you know with two losses or three losses. 
So, A, they're not going to go to the playoffs. And if they went to the playoffs, I don't think any of us would bet on Clay Helton, on a Clay Helton coach team, even winning a semifinal, let alone let Certainly alone a not. title game. Certainly so, not. And so what, what happens? If SC goes out and wins 10 games next year, which I think that's certainly in the realm of possibilities, and the year after that, if ever if if players continue to take a step forward, even if they're baby steps, right? Like those, they're set up to do a lot of stuff on offense the next couple of years. Uh, like, isn't that just 2016 and 2017 repeated? And and how is that followed up with with 2018? And yep. you look at the recruiting class and the recruiting class being ranked 67th as of Wednesday night. What does that mean? That means by 2022, your talent is going to be waning at some point. That's when the the talent is, gap is going to hit you. But that's when, if I mean, if, if I'm really being super, you know, gloom and doom here, um, that's when Clay Helton will have built up his the the reputation and the cachet to get through the down years again. And then he comes back for 2023. And then 2023 ends up being a repeat of this season, right? Which is, I think, why everyone is so frustrated because what you're describing is a circular round and round purgatory. Yeah. It just keeps going on and over and over and over again. I'm telling you, it's like it's right there. Like I, I, I see this all playing out in my head. Well, 26, the like, parallels are so ridiculous. He starts the season with Alabama. That's what I'm saying. It's, it's all there. It's yeah. all there. It's all there. Other news to to get through uh, before we get into the mailbag, and we'll run through this this news quickly because we have so many stuff, so much stuff to get to. Uh, Mike Bone kind of did a little bit of a of, of a car wash, uh, talking to both local and national media. Alicia, this this kind of rubbed you the wrong way a little bit. Yeah, I would have preferred Mike Bone to drop the tweet that he did and then just not say anything for the next ever weeks. Um, because there's nothing he can say that could make this better in the eyes of everyone who's upset. And by speaking, what he's done is just made, you know, given given people reason to be more angry, at least based on the reaction to a lot of the things that, that he said in this, in this, like you said, a car, a car wash. So when he was asked, you know, why did he keep Clay Hilton? He said, I believe Clay Hilton probably did his best coaching job this year, which... Like Bill Connolly, I think, came out on Twitter and was like, yeah, kind of, sort of, I guess that makes sense. Except that, like, Clay Helton went eight and four this year and lost the Pac-12 South because he got blown out by Oregon. So, at home, mind you. So, like, again, if this is his best coaching job, then you shouldn't be keeping him. Um, He was asked if, this is the one where we can forgive him a little bit, uh, if he pursued other candidates in the 11 days that they waited to make this announcement. And he said uh, the process was a thorough review of all of our options and potential scenarios, but no. See, this is a situation where what is he supposed to say? He can't yeah. come out and say. It's yeah, the transparency we, thing I was talking about. Yeah. He can't explain himself if they were talking to other people because he can't go out and say, yeah, we tried to get a Meyer, but we didn't get him. So here's Clay Helton. We support him 100 percent. Like he can't actually say that. But like. I don't know, just, again, nitpicky things. If he just says the process was a thorough review of all of our options and potential scenarios, period. I mean, everyone already knows that they were talking to Urban Meyer, that someone was talking to Urban Meyer. So, like, I don't know. I don't know. I'm being nitpicky. 
Um, I'm also being nitpicky because he apologized to USC's players for the uh, quote that they've had to endure media reports that were inaccurate and endure so many negative representations of their program that maybe wasn't fully accurate. Okay, so I put this on RandomShore.com. Like, so you're going to apologize to the players for that. Are you going to apologize to the fans for that? Because you waited 11 days to make this decision. So you could have cleared this up on Sunday, dude. You could have cleared this up last week. You could have stopped all of this speculation, but no, you guys waited. And th- I mean, that brings me to uh, to the, the interview he did with Dennis Dodd. So with Dennis Dodd, the, the start of the interview of the of the report from Dennis Dodd says that the press release Wednesday was for fans, critics and the media. The coach had known for a while. And Bone said, we have been pulling all these different pieces together since the season ended. He had a good idea that he was coming back and he clearly understood our unwavering support for him. Um, he was asked what was the difference between Sunday and Wednesday that made them announce it now. And Bone said, the answer is nothing new as far as what we're learning. As I told the team, we've been working hard ensuring that we have alignment on the ability for us to invest more in this program. Looking at how we put those in play, we just needed some extra time to do that. There was no reason to rush. Like, you had 11 days. You had 11 days to make this decision, and you waited until Wednesday. On on Sunday, Texas came out immediately. We're firing our OC. Um, uh, the uh, programs around the country fired head coaches, made their changes. Texas is already in the process of contacting USC's offensive coordinator about coming to make to, to, to take that job. And USC hasn't clarified if whether or not his employer is going to still be around the next day. Like, what are you doing? There was no rush. There was no need to rush. What? Okay, A, either you're flat out lying to us about the the process that involved a back and forth about whether or not you would keep Clay Helton, or you are flat out incompetent because there was the idea that there was no need to rush is bullcrap. A vote of confidence for Clay Helton on Sunday, after Adam Maya gave his report that Clay Helton would be fired, would have been easier than ease. Instead of just telling Pete Thamel and Bruce Feldman, you know, we're leaning towards clean, uh, keeping Clay Helton, just come out with this thing that says, we are keeping Clay Helton, he's our head coach, we think he did a great job this year, he's our guy. But no, you had to wait. And by Wednesday, there are three different reports talking about Graham Harrell getting interviewed by UNLV, by getting interviewed, for uh, getting talking to Texas with mutual interest. And we're supposed to sit here and say that, like, there was no rush? No, there was rush. And even if it's not within the process of your of the way that you're doing this decision making, even if it's just like, a, oh, you know, we've made our decision and it's not a big deal because we know what we're doing. That's fine. But you apologize to the team for having to deal with false reports. Well, guess what? Your fans were sitting around for 11 days on message boards, freaking themselves out, working themselves into a frenzy, losing sleep and stressing because that's what fans do for 11 days while you sat on your hands then? So either you are lying or you are incompetent or you are completely disregarding the, the state of your fan base and the well-being of your fans. Alicia, I hear you 100%. I'm just going to push back a little bit. Ugh, yeah. <laughs> we, 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 we talked about how he can't come out there and talk about the inner workings of the program because of like, he can't give transparency to all these things. He can't come out here and say, you know what, we were back channeling it. 
for some other coach maybe and, and seeing what package we could put together or what like if that's the scenario and I certainly don't have any sources or anything to that, to that effect I'm just talking this through right it's just speculating if that was the situation he can't come out and say that so he has to like he has to at this point now that he's committed to Clay Helton he's got to spin the narrative of well uh, that nothing was new and, and, and whatnot. Like, that's just what he has to say, which is why I think the situation is very un- unfavorable for Mike Bone. And again, I'm not giving him, I'm not trying to get him off the hook here. I mean, because ultimately it all comes back to him because he's got the, the, the signature on Clay Helton's return. So absolutely it, it's on him. But like, I don't know what he's supposed to say in this interview. I, like, I don't know what you're wanting him to say realistically. He's he's out here spinning jargon and and blah, blah, blah about uh, alignment on that's the ability for us to do. invest and all that. Yeah, but that's my point. Do more of that. Just say, you know, uh, we we had we were working hard to ensure that we have alignment on the ability to invest more in this program. Done. That's what he said. But then he has to go in there and say that, like, well, he we you know, there was never any doubt and he knew all along we supported him and all that. Like, no, you can just flat out say, listen, I'm a new on the job. I'm new on the job. I, I, I took my time to look at the landscape, to, to assess what we needed uh, on both sides. I considered all options and, and it, it took that long. All he needed to say those words. It took that long. It took that long to get it right. Instead of throwing this 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 idea t- that they that they all along that there was uh, never any question right so like just okay. be forthright well, like just be be ca- like be forthright be forthright as much as you can i don't think that they're being forthright here because i don't believe any of this i said okay. i put this on randomtro.com i i don't believe i'm calling bull i don't believe any of it and and okay. some of it okay. some on. of it is fair some of it is fair i don't think mike bone can come out and say yeah, we talked to Urban Meyer. Like, yeah, okay. I, so I don't believe that statement, but I don't believe anything else that he's saying. Okay, so if he said it took this long to get it right, aren't you sitting here and being like, "What do you mean you got it right?" Like, I like I well, again, like I, mean, I just don't know. Like I said earlier, I'm angry no matter what. So again, maybe he should right. have just not spoken. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> Back to That's my fair. first point. All right, let's move on here and talk about Graham Harrell that you mentioned. Uh, football scoop is reporting that he is interviewed for the UNLV head coaching job. There's also reports that he's been targeted slash interested in Texas's offensive coordinator job. That's for orange bloods and football scoop as well. This is interesting because that's a problem for USC. Uh, SC went from 46th in SP plus on offense in 2018 to ninth top 10 ninth. Top 10 in offense this year. And you just look at it, and the offense looked way better in the eye test, too. This is a damn good offense, especially at the end of the year, when they were able to truly utilize all of their talent, even though they were without the running backs and all that stuff. You know, all those excuses that, that people can, can put on Clay Helton about you know going down to a third-string quarterback and, and you know, having to change quarterback mid-season or in, in week one because of JT's injury and all that stuff and losing all the running backs. All those excuses, like we've said for weeks, can apply to Graham Harrell. He didn't sign up for this, but he made something out of nothing uh, when it surely could have gone downhill 
uh, he was able to right the ship there on offense, and SC can't lose him. So now it becomes the question, if you're a Graham Harrell, do you stay at USC and hope to get a raise? Do you go to Texas for a raise for the same job, a lateral move, but for a raise there? Or do you take the UNLV job as a head coach? What do you do? Well, if I'm Graham Harrell and I aspire to be a head coach, then I take the head coaching opportunity when it comes to me. Um, That one is harder to say because there will be other candidates who are looking at that job. The Texas job, he has been named as one of two. That's LSU's um, Joe Brady. Joe Joe Brady. And LSU came out straight away and said, yeah, no, we're not going to let that happen. The only way Joe Brady is leaving is if he's leaving for a head coaching position. And so that to me says whatever Texas is willing to pay, LSU will pay more. And with when it comes to USC, I don't trust I don't trust USC to have that same mindset. Um, but uh, yeah, if if I'm Graham Harrell, okay. So if I'm Graham Harrell, the pros for staying at USC are I've already installed my offense. I have a, a wonder kid quarterback that I'm really excited about that I think is special. And regardless of what happens with Clay Hilton, um, I get to continue, you know, living in L.A. I get to continue building my uh, my resume as a as a uh, coaching candidate in the future. And I get to do it with some establishment already in place. The cons of staying at USC are that USC is in the situation where um, Clay Hilton's job is uncertain and. The biggest one for me is that it is in L.A., where Texas is in Texas. Austin, Texas is a hell of a lot closer to where Graham Harrell grew up. Uh, It's where he's from. It's where his wife is from, where his family is from in Texas. I don't think they're from the Austin area, but they're still from the state of Texas. So the advantage that Texas might have is Graham Harrell gets to come home and he'll probably get a raise to do it. So... The con of Texas is that he'd just be joining a staff that is also on the hot seat because Tom Herman is basically put up or shut up this year in terms of what he in 2020 in terms of what he has to win. And Graham Harrell would have to come in and again install his offense with an entirely new uh, a new system that that is not you know, they're not running an air raid. So I guess there's there's risk there. Um yeah. But there's money there, so and home there. Honestly, it, I, I'm not just saying this. I, I think that Graham Harrell's best best chance of of you know furthering his career is staying at USC if SC opens up the pocketbook. Yeah, uh, because you know what you have in Keaton Slovis, you know what you have in Amara St. Brown, you know what you have in the running backs, you know what you have in this offense. Again, like we said, everyone's coming back except for Michael Pittman. Uh, unless a couple of the linemen leave for the NFL, which they might not. So th- you know exactly what you have. And if you succeed again, you're going to get a, you're going to get better offers for head coaching jobs next year. And yeah, I think you can go to the UNLV job. And then what happens if that doesn't pan out? That's a difficult situ- situation. UNLV is a really tough place to win. Yeah. Uh, and, if, and it might if, be if, too if, early. It genuinely, I would hope that Graham Harrell understands that while you don't want to pass up a job opportunity, it might be too right. early and you could flame out and then you're starting from ground zero. Yeah. And and if you succeed, 
as USC's offensive coordinator or Texas's offensive coordinator at an elite level, you can absolutely parlay that into maybe a, a P, P5 job, Power 5 job, like that, that's better. Uh, you know, maybe maybe you go to Arizona after Sumlin leaves, right? Like, I don't know. I, I think there's going to be a better opportunity going forward than UNLV. So I think if you're Graham Harrell, I think you stay as an offensive coordinator to either SC or Texas. I would pick SC just because of the comfort level of the offense and knowing what you have. But going home to Texas is a big deal. And going home to Texas that's going to pay is a big deal, even though it's a rival of his, his alma mater. So, Well, and that is the know. other thing. It is a rival of his alma mater. And I don't know how sort of Texas rivalries work. But, but maybe by the that's way, Graham Harrell going to coach at Texas. <laughs> Pretty funny. That is like USC hiring Vince Young. Yeah. Like Graham Harrell's pass to, to Michael Crabtree a top five moment in the last 25 years of college football. It was against Texas. So it's, it's just a little weird. Uh, yeah. Quick news to, to get to at the end here before we get to the mailbag. USC adds a seventh offensive line commit in the class. It's a three-star Casey Collier from Texas. And JT Daniels is coming back next year, according to his father, in a report from Greg Biggins. Yeah, uh, the JT thing makes sense. As we've talked about, he is going to be going through rehab, hopefully get back in time for fall camp, and then he wants to participate in the competition, even if he loses that competition, which you think he, we, we think he will, it's in his best interest to stay at USC, get his degree, and then grad transfer. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, let's take a quick break. We'll come right back, and we'll open up the voicemail box. There's a ton of voicemails. We'll be right back. You've got mail. All right, Alicia, where shall we begin? Let's start with a call we got from Cameron in Frisco, Texas. Michael and Alicia, Cameron from Frisco, Texas. Well, we just got the news. Unfortunately, Clay Helton is coming back, and this absolutely sucks. This is devastating. I'm going to be reliving my nightmare once again, and this is a complete nightmare. Um, Alicia was 100% right. She is always right. I had a bad feeling about this. She had a bad feeling about this. Michael, you're absolutely 100% wrong that everything was going to be fine and everything was going to be okay at the end, by the end of the season because of the new athletic director, blah, blah, blah. You know what? Michael Castillo is wrong. Michael Castillo is wrong. Um, so I don't, I literally am speechless. I am disappointed in the new athletic director and the new president. Um, I don't know how I can be optimistic at any point in time. In the next year, year and a half, this is going to be horrible. Um, at this rate, I might as well become a USC basketball fan at this rate. Uh, go USC hoops. Um, hopefully we do really well in that. Um, besides that, unfortunately, let's fight out forever and let's not beat anybody. Let's just have everybody beat us so that maybe something positive can happen next year. Mike, play Helen gets fired next year. So, there's my rant. I don't have any questions to ask you guys because, well, the questions that we're all going to ask is about the same thing. Why is Clay Helen still around? Um, Clancy Pettigrew's got to go. John Baxter's got to go. They got, they got to, they got to get fired so quickly. I mean, do it, do it before, like, we have more rants about them still being on the coaching staff. Um, besides that, well, fight out forever. 
and see you later. Thanks for the call, Cameron, as always. I, I gotta say, I, I said this on Patreon uh, on Tuesday night. Yeah, I I thought for sure that Clayton was going to get fired because it was too unfathom- unfathomably stupid not to. And here we are. Can we can we clip that from Cameron? Cameron, you are the no, best. I, Thank I, you. We're not clipping it, Cameron. No. Uh, you just gave us a new drop. Uh, that's <laughs> wonderful. I'm gonna have to use your own soundboard for that. Yeah, bring bring my soundboard back. Uh, the one thing I want to say about Cameron's call is is the idea of uh, Baxter and Pendergrass and some coaching changes. Quite frankly, it's Wednesday night as we're recording this, and I am peeved that they haven't already announced or leaked some of that. So, again, just more things that make me think they're waiting and they're being they're being uh, mishandling this whole thing. Can I blame John Baxter for this? Maybe. Yep, definitely. Uh, let's get a call from Frank. Yes, uh, thank you. My name is Frank. I'm from Palmdale. I've been watching. I'm 61 years old. I've been watching SC football since I was five years old, and I am really sad today hearing that they retained Clay Helton. Doesn't say much for Fult and Bone as far as trusting what they say and do because I don't believe them already. And um, I don't know. I'm not watching the games. I didn't watch hardly any. I I only watched a couple this last season. I'm probably not going to watch any next season until Helton's gone because uh, Helton's a nice guy. He's a great guy, but he's way in above his head. He's never going to win big games like USC used to throughout their history. Anyway, I'm really sad. I'm sorry for all my brethren out there that have supported the program by going to the games and watching on TV, and uh, it's a really sad day. Sorry. Bye. Yeah, thanks for the call, and I'm I'm in the same place. Uh, the the only difference I could say is that even if it wasn't already sort of part of my job description, I'm a sucker. I know myself. I could say I'm not gonna watch games, and then S- September will come around, and I'll watch games. I know I'll watch games either way, but like I've had this conversation with like my dad and other people, like he's gonna keep watching games. It's just we're we're all sort of too in too deep so it's unfortunate that people like the the people are talking like this though where they've been fans forever and they no longer feel the need to tune in at least you say you're gonna watch games but could you be switching allegiances i don't know let's go to a voicemail we got from the 775 area code usc administration continues to prove that they are the most inept administration in all of college sports. There is no reason we need to hire Mike Bone to keep Clay Hilton. We could have freaking kept a Lynn Swan and Pat Hayden if we wanted to continue to be ran by a bunch of idiots. So we just paid another idiot to keep another idiot. This is unbelievable. If these reports are true and we keep Clay Hilton, I will not spend another dime on USC football or USC in general. Until they hire Urban Meyer, they've lost me as a fan. I may even root for UCLA, and that is atrocious to come out of my mouth right now. You may even root for UCLA. Yeah, that is atrocious, buddy. That's atrocious. <laughs> That's what the fan base is. So. Oh Lord. Okay, let's 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 step back from the ledge. Let's step back from the ledge. That's going too far. Going too far. Oh, uh, the one thing I do I do want to address in this call is the idea that like 
what did USC hire Mike Bone for? I've seen this from a lot of different places. Petros Papadakos put this on Twitter and seen it in our comments and everything like that. And like, I know this is coming from a, a place of frustration, but also like every time I see it, I also I feel like the the need to like put a rebuttal out there. Like, you know that the AD does more than just hire football coaches. Like there's more. Lynn Swan dropped the ball in more ways than just the football coach hiring or firing thing. Uh, so, yeah, USC didn't hire Mike Bone to fire or hire a head coach, obviously, because he's chosen not to fire or hire a head coach. So, yeah, I guess the only thing you can hope for as a USC fan is that Mike Bone comes in and fixes USC as athletic director so that uh, athletic department so that the next time this kind of situation comes around, the, the university is, a, is in a better position to make a move if they need to. The, the Mike Bone frustration, I think, is rather interesting because I remember, I don't know if I said it explicitly on the podcast, but so many people were just infatuated with Mike Bone because he won the press conference and because, you know, he was giving balls to fans and at the Cal game and stuff like that, right? And he was doing all these little things and, oh my God, I'm so happy you're here and all this is, is incredible and and. I get that it was refreshing to have an a, a, a an AD who knows what he's doing, but at the same point, it was a little weird how excited USC fans were because I always kept saying like it's going to come down to his decision. He's going to be judged by his decision more than anything, and here we are, and people want Mike Bone to be fired too. So, like, there's a immediate yeah. uh, one eighty on that too. The uh, fans are fickle. <laughs> I'm fickle too. Like I get it, but Bone, Bone, yeah, Luke Fickle, Bone, and Carol Fultz were seen as like this, uh, you know, like white knights coming in and there to fix everything. And keeping the status quo definitely doesn't um, doesn't put any anyone in their corner. That's for sure. This is true indeed. Let's go to Hector. Hector from Pomona. This is completely and utterly flat out embarrassing. Embarrassing. How can you justify this? How? There's no way in hell. The on-field performance of the coordinators he retained were terrible. Aside from the miracle win against Utah, we didn't beat a single team over 500. All he did was feast on the horrible Pac-12 team. His recruiting performance this year is terrible. There's literally nobody in the fan base who wants him back. Everybody hates him. How can you bring him back? There's no... How do you justify this? He lost to Oregon by 90 at home. And you're bringing him back to play what is essentially a road game against Bama? I can't wrap my head around this. I was honestly really hyped to try to make the trip out to Dallas, but there's no way in hell I'm going now. Um, I should, I, wow. I'm not going to fly to get us to watch us get murdered. I guess I just saved a couple hundred bucks. I'm also, like a lot of people, not renewing my season tickets next year. It's probably going to be 30,000, 40,000 fans at the Coliseum next year which means they're going to lose a lot of money in donations, a lot of money in revenue. I mean, I guess they save money on the buyout, right? Uh, I'm done. I don't know. And this is a depressing day again to summarize. This is terrible. I feel defeated. But I don't. Yeah, thank you, Hector. Uh, I think I think that sums up the feeling of a lot of USC fans hitting pretty much every every point there. Um I, I, the I, I as he was asking the question like how do you justify this I was literally in my head sort of trying to like how do I how do you how do you justify it like 
Uh, I'll try to justify it at some point. I just don't have the energy to, to justify it today. Uh, the, the, one, the only way to justify it is to talk about 2019. But like is, we said, 2019 happened after 2018 and after 2017. Like, well, the, the it, way to it, it justify didn't just it, happen in a, in, a, in a vacuum. Well, if if you look at 2019, wasn't that bad, which in and of itself is a problematic statement. And then you consider you also have to pay that buyout, and then you're not going to get that head coach. So, what even is the point? I guess would be the thought process. I the, I don't. The the point is, even if you go out and hire someone who, you know. Even if if you didn't, if you got Brian Harson, right? Like like if, if you got like Brian Harson wouldn't sell a million tickets, right? Uh, it, he's not Urban Meyer, but Brian Harson can't do worse than Clay Elton. And I think Brian Harson is is someone who is a competent head coach. He has Boise State winning games for a reason. There's reasons to believe in him, right? But he's not a sexy hire. Even if that's the route you took, that is better than losing tickets, uh, ticket sales by people giving up their tickets. Because people aren't giving up their tickets for hiring Brian Harson. No. They might not be ecstatic and buy new tickets, but they're not giving up their tickets in year one. Yeah. No, I to- totally agree on that. And uh, the only other thing, I mean, on, on the tickets thing... Uh, the worst attendance for USC in 2019 was, um, or in the last two years, was ASU last year. 2018 ASU had 47,000 fans there. The worst attendance for USC before that was 40,000 against Washington State in the year 2000. So I don't know if USC is going to contend with that number in 2020, but it will get interesting. That New Mexico game... The New Mexico State game, or New Mex- is it New Mexico or New Mexico State on in week two after the Bama it's game? It's New Mexico, Lobos. Yeah, let, let's say USC uh, loses to Bama as we expect, and then week two at home against New Mexico in a game that won't be in prime time, that we're probably looking at, what do you think, like a 7.30 kickoff or an 11 a.m. kickoff? It, it's one of those, right? It's early or late. Yeah. I don't think attendance for that game will be particularly strong. No. Um, yeah, and by the way, that, that 2000 Washington State game, you know what happened in that game? Uh, USC lost. I don't know how. Uh, Carson Palmer had a terrible first half, boot off the field at halftime. Mike Van Rapphorst comes in the second half, comes in, and everyone's like cheering that there's a, <laughs> there's a quarterback change. Fun times. Fit, fans are fickle. Look I don't fickle. blame them. Yeah. Uh, let's go to a call we got from Brandon Two. Hey, Michael and Lisa, this is Brandon Two here out of Austin, Texas. Um, just calling to, <laughs> well, I guess potentially rant about Clay Helston at this point, but I just it it doesn't make any sense. The article that came out that says uh, that USC it might cost USC more to retain Helton than actually pay his twenty million dollar buyout, which I will put. In perspective, I don't think they have to pay all $20 million at once. So if it's something that's over time, I think it's something that we could eventually figure out from a donor perspective or something. I mean, that's worse than Trojan, um, Trojan Athletics completely going down the drain or people not actually donating to the cause. But this silence is weird from, from Mike Bone, the fact that he actually um, – I mean, people are saying, okay – 
he's fired, Clay Helton is going to be retained, but then why won't he just say that? If he's saying Clay Helton's going to be fired or retained, then he should just come out and say that Clay Helton's going to get retained because that's just making Clay Helton look bad. And the longer that the silence sits, the more I think Clay Helton's actually going to be fired. I know they're reporting that they're going to keep him, at least as of this moment, but like they also reported a couple of days ago that he was going to get fired. So I, I don't know where any of this is coming from. I think it's hard to understand anything that's coming out of USC from this perspective. I think, um, in a sense, I think we just have to – maybe it's getting USC some publicity or maybe Mike Bone is pulling some stunt where essentially he's getting all the donors really angry so that they'll be like, we're not going to donate unless you fire him, and that will get them more riled up, and then he will fire him. And then the donors will be so happy that they'll actually end up giving more money, which would be extremely smart. And we got to give them a lot of credit if that's the case. But either way, fight on, guys. Fire Helton. Um, and I guess beat whoever we're playing in the bowl game or beat the Tide for next year. Uh, like that's going to happen. Uh, fight on. Have a good one, guys. Love the optimism from Brandon there I, at the end. That was, it was, <laughs> that whole call was beautiful. Because it gives you a snapshot into the minds of many USC fans on Tuesday night. After the report that Helton would be retained, but before the confirmation that Helton would be retained, the back and forth of like, maybe this is all just a, like, maybe, like, like, how, what are, what are the ways that this could work out? Like, I totally get that. I think a lot of people That's where I was last week. I I talked about like, like the, the idea that the, the leaks about how, well, you know, Mike Bone is, is not in a rush to make a decision and all that stuff. I thought that that all made sense in terms of politicking to get more money and donor more money and put pressure on the donors to make it happen uh, and and for him to have the money to go out and get an Urban Meyer or a Matt Rule or a Matt Campbell or, or what have you. But ultimately, Alas. Uh, it didn't come through. Yeah. Well, and that's, yeah, what, I mean, it did not. I mean, there's just nothing more to say. Yeah. Great call, Brandon. Yeah. Uh, let's go to a call from Julian. Yeah, hi. My name is Julian from uh, Northern California. Quick question. What kind of message do you think this is sending to the fans? That to deal with Lynn Swan and his inability to listen to fans or think about the direction that the program is going through their eyes. Do you think fans are going to be more inclined to give faith since he is an outside source and doesn't have the SC Trojan family glasses, or do you think that he shot himself in the foot? Uh, well, have a great day and fight on. So this is interesting because, you know, you look back at the last USC athletic director who did not have USC ties. Who was that? Mike McGee. Mike McGee. There you go. Uh, Mike McGee was railroaded because everything he did was under a microscope uh, so going out and getting Larry Smith and that blowing up in, in his face and all that stuff, everything kind of backfired on him. Right. And so I think it was very easy to scapegoat him because he was the outsider. I don't necessarily think that's the case now because everyone was so tired of Lin Swan and Pat Hayden and Mike Garrett, all these guys that were great USC football players, people were super happy to get an outsider. But now when that outsider makes a decision that is in line with what Lynn Swan did and what Pat Hayden did, I think that 
it's he he just became a USC athletic director. I don't think he's I, I think no longer is Mike Bone the outsider. Yeah, I, I agree. And I think that he did shoot himself himself in the foot here um, by keeping Hilton. And if like the only way that Mike Bone fixes this is if his next hire is a national championship winner. So if next year he gets Urban Meyer, then all will be forgiven. But I I just think, uh, as I said before, I think he's miscalculated on how much people are, are done with this whole thing. And I think it would be ultimately. I've had some, some people have given uh, decent rebuttals about like, well, you know, because my whole thing has been if you needed to think this long about keeping Helton, then he obviously wasn't your guy. So you should just move on. If you were looking at other candidates, then you should just move on. And some people have, have had some solid rebuttals about how like, well, if you're going to if if the guy that you want, you can't bring in, then then there is no point in bringing in somebody that isn't your guy uh, or getting rid of Helton and bringing in somebody who you don't have 100 percent faith in. Like, I get that. But at this stage, USC would be better off with Nick Rolovich. Even if Nick Rolovich fails, because right. the toxicity is is the problem that I don't think Mike Bone fully grasps at this stage. Da, 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 da. The toxicity of our city, of our city. Are we not going to do this again like we did last year? Disorder. Now. Somewhere between the I The problem is I don't actually know enough of the words. Like, I can sing along with that song real, real By the way, for fair use, it's a song that has a, a nice driving it, groove. It I does. Think it's a, it does, Very yeah. good. The, the music video is great. You get yeah. to see a good old King's jersey in it. So, <laughs> fantastic. Uh, even though the, the dude who escapes me is an Oilers fan, but he always wears King's jerseys to, to rep LA. So, huh. more you know. Today I learned... Yeah. Uh, let's take a quick break. We'll come back and open up the mailbag because there's so many more calls. We'll be right back. You've got mail. All right, Alicia, let's go to a voicemail we got from our friend, Trinice. Hi, guys. Trinice from Inglewood calling in here. You know... I'm trying really hard to be zen right now and to just, you know, the whole serenity prayer situation, learn what I can change, what I can't, learn to know the difference, whatever the hell. But, and I need, I need to do it because the more I, if I stop and really think about this, I'll get, I'll just see red. And, you know, I won't see red at Mike Bone. Mike Bone. I won't see red at Carol Holt. But when I think about Lynn Swan and Pat Hayden, I just get enraged. God damn. Like, let's just, let's rewind the clock a little bit. The 2018 season happened, and Lynn Swan was like, you know what? This product is good enough for me to give it an extension. This should stay at SC for longer. And you know what? To make sure that that has to be the situation, I'm going to offer the most ludicrous contract in the history of life to Clay Helton, such that getting rid of him becomes financially irresponsible. Ha! That's what I feel like he said in his head when he made this stupid-ass decision. And I'm trying to just accept it for what it is, because we know that Helton's buyout 
was all the money in the world. And then, you know, if you, if, if you go beyond that, it would have been a, a very interesting, we'll say, decision if Bone and Co. would have decided to buy out Helton. Because you don't just have, you can't just buy out Helton, you have to buy out everybody else, assuming that they don't get a job. And that's a lot of money. And you know who you can afford to hire after you just spent all the money buying out Helton and Co.? Helton! That's who? Because you can't afford a top-tier coach anymore. And that's why I'm trying not to be mad about it. Because I accept that that's the situation. If this contract wasn't lunacy, then yeah, SC could have been like, epic, we don't have the time, and moved on and hired a big name that SC is deserving of. But you can't do that when you've got to break off health and ENCO. It's not happening. It's not happening because SC can't afford it. That's just not what SC does. So, you know, the boosters can be mad all they want. At the end of the day, if they wanted health and gone, they should have ponied up for it and they didn't do it. Anyway, I'm going to go back to trying to be zen because if I don't, I'm just going to be irate. And you know what? There's nothing I can do about it anymore. So um, fight on. And uh, here it goes, I guess. Bye. <laughs> I love Trinise. <laughs> um, yeah. I, I mean, okay. So this is this is totally fair. I've spent a good deal of this episode, uh, what do we call it, railing against Mike Bone. And to to a certain extent, I completely acknowledge I am just directing my anger at the first person that I can aim it at. And the the fact of the matter is that this goes beyond Mike Bone. This goes beyond uh, uh, Clay Helton. This goes beyond everything. This is, this is institutional failure of, of USC. And it goes back to Pat Hayden making the stupid decision to hire Clay Helton in the first place. He was not a good hire. He was not a qualified hire. And the fact that he's able to keep this job now, if people thought about the context of his hiring in the first place, this was a man who was a, a, a not even an offensive coordinator. He'd never run his own offense. He was never a, a heralded coordinator of or position coach at any point. The reason he was kept on on two different failing staffs was because he was a good recruiter because he's such a nice guy and everybody likes him. Like, that was his resume. And Pat Hayden hired him. So that was your first mistake. And then Lynn Swan fell into the trap of getting worked over, you know, backwards about the uh, the, the extension. So I think Trinice is absolutely right. This goes back before Mike Bone. Mike Bone steps into an awful situation where he has he's between a rock and a hard place. And he has to decide, am I going to put the financial um, future of this university in, in jeopardy or am I with with the buyout and with the new coach hiring and all these these investments that they're going to have to do? Or am I going to sit on my hands and sort of kick the can until next year when things are more financially responsible? Like, I get that Mike Bones in a tough situation. I sympathize to a point with that. But I think Trinice is, is right that we also need to take a moment to, like, aim our ire at the people who really also deserve it as well. Can I blame Lin Swan for this? Yes. Yes. <laughs> I mean, literally, yes. Yeah, I mean, he could have ended it all last year, for sure. Mm-hmm. Pat Hayden could have prevented it all. Pat, sure. This this goes back to, like, Pat Hayden. If If you were, if this was like a Terminator situation, and you had a time machine, and you could go back to prevent... The last Wait, five hold on. years. Terminator is about time travel. Yeah, I've never seen those movies. Oh my gosh, Michael. Okay, so the 
the premise of Terminator. You have a time machine. I thought go, it was just the machine, dude. You I go it was back like a ripoff of RoboCop. The the machines send a machine back in time to kill the mother of the old, the the future leader of mankind before she can give birth to him, and the future mankind people send First of all, somebody. The spoilers are insane here. Yeah, well, it's, I might see it's, it It's a forty year old movie, Michael. Or 30-year-old movie. 40 years old? It was in like the 80s or whatever. Holy crap. Yeah. Starting in like three weeks, people who were born in the 80s are going to be 40. Yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to look up the exact like date of Terminator. But yeah, 1984. <laughs> in any case. What, where did the time go? I know, right? So in any case... Uh, they, the, the, the machines send a Terminator back in time to kill the mother of the future leader of mankind. If you were in a Terminator situation where let's not, we're not killing anybody, but you know, you can send somebody back in time to stop this situation from happening. You go back in time early enough to stop Pat Hayden. Like that's what you do. Yeah, apparently you, you, you walk into Pat Hayden's office and you say, Pat, I'm telling you, don't you do it. You have two options. Kill baby Hitler or stop Pat Hayden. There you go. Just definitely stop stop Pat Hayden. Yeah. And kill baby and Hitler. And kill too, baby obviously. Hitler. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, for sure. I'm not, I'm not saying football is more important than like, yeah. Yeah. Save <laughs> millions of lives. Uh, yeah. We, we're getting canceled. Uh, <laughs> just go to a voicemail we got from Rick. Hey guys, it's Rick from Houston, Texas. Just heard the bad news that you have decided to retain Clay Helts. Don't understand Mike Bond and Dr. Fultz right now making this decision uh, after a four-year sample size of him being the head coach. Uh, with this decision, it seems as if Dr. Fultz and Bond have uh, decided that uh, USC football going to the elite stage of college football is not important right now. Uh, Clay Hilton has proven and shown that he is not the coach uh, to get this program back on the elite level where it belongs, has been reduced to more of a laughingstock around the college football world. Thanks for the call, uh, Rick. Uh, Yeah, I I mean, SC has not been in a situation where you can feel proud about the program if you're a fan, especially the last two years. Uh, I guess 2017 is debatable. They they won the conference, but the last two years for sure. There, there's nothing that's worthy of being proud as, as a USC fan if you look at USC, USC as a program that needs to be a national contender like 99% of fans do. Well, and I don't think it's unreasonable to look at USC as a program that should be a national contender because... The Pac-12 is better when USC is a national contender. USC is the most consistent national contender in this conference. And so USC should look at itself as that. It is one of the yeah. premier programs in college football. Act like it. Yeah, absolutely. 100%. Uh, let's go to a voicemail we got from the 321 area code. If Helton were signed again, we are permanently screwed. I look forward to the toilet bowl. Every December. <laughs> uh, I, 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 I want to believe the uh, the double meaning here. <laughs> and it's like, the, 
it's like the, it's the nausea, the nausea of of yes uh, of USC football that that's leading to yeah the 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 toilet bowl. My sadness is that the Cheez-It Bowl is no longer Pac-12 affiliated. So even if USC like goes true. six and six next year, I don't get Cheez-It Bowl in my life, which makes me sad. You can get a bowl of Cheez-Its, but I can get a bowl of Cheez-Its. Going to yes. Ralph's or whatever. Uh, let's go to a voicemail we got from uh, Michael. Hey, Michael. Hey, Lisa. This is Michael in Oregon, and uh, I just got. I just found out the news that Clay Hilton is coming back, and man, it sucks. It, uh, it really. It's like. I don't know what to say. It really sucks, but uh, and Graham Hill was leave for Texas too. So it's like, what's the point of bringing back Clay Hill if Graham Hill is gonna leave back? I just don't. It's just like, I mean, I'm gonna. It's gonna take me all summer to get over it, but I'll be ready for next season. I have zero expectations next season too, so I already know we're gonna lose Texas. Bye. Yeah, thanks for the call. I I said this exact same thing on Twitter. Like, what even is the point if you lose Graham Harrell? Graham Harrell was the was the brightest spark on the coaching staff from last year or from this year. Uh, Keaton Slovis definitely the the guy coming coming around, but Keaton was unlocked because of Graham Harrell's system. And I, for one, was disappointed at times in what Graham Harrell was bringing to the table. I'm still a little bit skeptical about Graham Harrell's ability to have an offense that can match up with some of the elite defenses out there. But at the very least, we've seen what his offense can look like, and I am excited to see what it what it could look like in year two. If you take that away from me, then uh, I don't, I mean, I don't even, I don't, where does USC even begin to look for another OC? Then you're, then you're, okay, you, you want to bring in an... Uh, Alicia, hold on, hold on, this is very simple. Um, They went from Cliff Kingsbury to Graham Harrell. Uh, let's talk about uh, Sonny Cumbie. Um, how about uh, Pat Mahomes? Um, a Bowman. Uh, uh, who else has been a Texas Tech quarterback? Um, Davis. <laughs> I was gonna say, you mean you mean Patrick Mahomes, the quarterback, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just just yeah. every Texas Tech uh, quarterback ever. It, way to go. it would be funny. It would be honestly funny because Sonny Cumbie is not a bad idea. If. But how funny would it be if it was Sonny Cumbie? <laughs> like Sonny Cumbie was the quarterback between Cliff and Graham. Yeah, it would be hilarious. The the, uh, the... Spe- speaking of Graham though, we got a call from 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 Corey. If we lose Graham Harrell, the shit hit the fan. Oh my god! Come on, come on, man. Soft ass Clay is here to stay. Soft ass Clay. <laughs> Just got that one, Michael. I'm like Alicia when it comes to that. Oh man. Soft as clay. <laughs> I did not get it until just now. So yes. <laughs> oh, you, you, no. your your mind didn't mold to that one. I. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Um. <laughs> my ar- <laughs> My argument against getting anybody who's not the problem is that USC can bring in an air raid guru, but they wouldn't have the same offense as Graham Harrell because Graham Harrell isn't running an air raid air raid. He's running Graham Harrell's air raid, which has been formed by time sure. with Mike Leach and uh, and the uh, who's the head coach at North Texas, whose name I'm forgetting, but... Um, uh, Luttrell. La, yeah, Seth, Seth Luttrell. Luttrell and all sorts of other stints that he's had. So 
no matter what, you're transitioning to a new offense from there. And then we're back in square one of like, well, it's year one and they have to, you know, get their feet wet and learn this new offense and the terminology and all this kind of stuff. And it's like, well, okay, so then is this going to be the excuse for why nine and three is acceptable for USC next year? Like, (sighs) by the way, Sonny Cumbie, the offensive coordinator at TCU, uh, talk about balance this year, rushing yards. 2,448 passing yards, 2,444. <laughs> <laughs> hey, maybe maybe my guy, um, uh, Yost, uh, at Texas. Yost! How, how is Yost doing at Texas Tech? I meant to check in on him at some point. Texas Tech, they have the number two ranked offense in, in the Big 12. There you go. 474 yards per game. Uh, Although TCU their scoring seventh. offense is pretty bad. Yeah. Scoring offense, not great. Yeah. Uh, in, in terms of yards per play, TCU is ninth out of 10 teams in the Big 12. So maybe you'd retract the whole Sonny Cumbie thing. Hmm. Yeah. No, either way. What other uh, TCU quarterback? I don't know. Got to think about that one. Uh, let's get to another call we got from Corey. Yeah, it's Corey from Pasadena again. Man, what is, what is y'all thinking on that as far as do you think is play and they give, you know, keep play and he's giving the support that he needed that all the rest of these folks have that he doesn't think the man his financials you already know they gave that dude crumbs they gave him his extension they barely wanted to pay the um the uh, coordinator and everybody else man was trickling down you know what I'm saying you have to really take Kenichi Dez after the what Kenichi Dez first time D-line for first time this first time that, listen that was, that's because no money was there and now that we know they got the money here come on now you know what I'm saying what are you doing what is, what's really going on and now it's like like I said, Franklin, you feel me? Franklin will kill it at SC. No, of course we don't. I mean, of course, some say we, some people do. But people don't want to, yeah, now she's got Urban Meyer, the shit just doesn't compare. You know what I'm saying? So that's understandable. So these two, are they keeping plays and holding out for Urban Meyer next year? Because that's like the only reason why it works. If not, then you get rid of that, then you hire Franklin or something, man. Like, what are you doing here? This is crazy. But that is what I wanted to call the round line for. I was too hot about this thing that. You people on the P got me thinking Urban coming. <laughs> yeah, Ur- 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 Urban didn't come. Uh, Corey makes an interesting point about the, the the financial situation and the sports staff and all that stuff because you know you mentioned it earlier at least here that the, the the takeaway could be that even if Mike Bone um, had a boner of the year uh, in terms of bringing back Clay Helton, uh, that 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 really. That, that worked. That that really um, died. Yeah. That's why you got to get Blue Chew. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, not a sponsor. Um, but no, we're talking about like, you know, the 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 program and the commitment to investing in all this stuff, right? I, into the football enterprise that, that Mike Bone is talking about. If that is true, that is a huge benefit because if Clay Helton has been hamstrung based on, you know, the the program not having the financial backing with in terms of sports staff and all that stuff that like that's limiting for Clay Helton just like it would be for for Urban Meyer, right? Or or for any coach. Uh for Chris Peterson. There was an article earlier this week that one of the reasons Chris Peterson didn't come to USC is because the USC didn't want allow him to allow him to run the program like he wanted to. Um so if the the situation is is different now in the sense that 
Essie is literally going to be willing for sure to, to invest in, in the program. That is a benefit for sure. I, I just, it's, it's still like, wouldn't you want them to invest with the new coach still? Right. Well, I guess the question is, would, would Clay Hilton be capable of reaching the heights that we don't think he can reach if he was given the support that other coaches around the country are given. I'm thinking specifically of Ed Orgeron, who is going to have a really interesting year as far as going to the playoff, we presume, and we'll see what his team does. Playoffs? Don't talk about playoffs? You kidding me? In that in, in that playoff, but like we, I think you and I both agree that if Ed Orgeron was at USC, we don't think he produces what he's produced at LSU because a big part of the LSU success for him is he has a really all-star staff and USC hasn't been willing to give any of their coaches an all-star staff. So if Mike Bone and and Clay Hilton's statement today as well was talking about like now I finally have now I have the, uh, the support or whatever that that it'll take like if that means paying Graham Harrell matching Texas's offer if that means getting rid of Clancy Pendergast and bringing in a a, a DC that is comparative to um, you know, living up to sort of national ability and letting Clay Helton be the rah-rah head coach who just sort of stands on the sidelines and, you know, stays out of the way, then maybe, you know, I, I think that could be improvement. My concern with that would be, so that's going to be requiring spending money. So do you actually have those financials? If you don't have the financials to pay the buyout and pay a new head coach or whatever, then do you have those financials? Do you have the financials to upgrade your support staff? Um, Do you have the financials to invest in the surrounding kind of things about your program that gets you to the top? Um, And then, then the other question would be if you put all of those things in place and give Clay Helton the most perfect situation for him to thrive in, is Clay Helton capable of winning a national title? I still don't think the answer is yes. No, no. So uh, yeah, I, 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 I don't think so. So, so I think that sets you up to win the Pac-12 every year, which would be an which is what you should set out to, to do to, as, to be as fair, USC. Mike Bowen said the championships. He didn't say what championship. <laughs> he didn't say. Uh, SC was the LA City champs this year. They were the California State champs. Uh, they weren't the Pac-12 South champs, but. There, there, there's there's championships to be won that aren't just national. At least you gotta, you gotta think about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what USC fans want to hear. Yeah, I, I know. Uh, we'll take a quick break. We're going to go back into the mailbag a little bit, read some emails as well. we still got more calls to get to, too. So we'll be right back. You've got mail. All right, Alicia, let's get to some, e- some emails here. We got a couple. Uh, first one comes from Ray in Florida. The email is is titled FUSC. That's I'm pretty out. forceful. Ray in Florida. <laughs> Short, sweet, that, and to that, the that's point. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean. By, by the way, one of my favorite things in the world is the, the Gmail suggestions for applying to emails. The Gmail suggestions. I'm in. Wow. 
and wow. not for me. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, let, let's go to the next email we got from Tim. Uh, Hello, Raid of Troy. Do you ever have one of those days where you're driving and every other driver becomes a collective hive mind out to get you? Few people cut me off, and now I see every other driver as part of a single consciousness of stupidity. Based on USC Twitter the past few weeks, that's how I think people see USC right now. Here's a brief recap, if you will. August 2010. President Sample hires Pat Hayden as athletic director. September 2013. Pat Hayden tarmacs Lane Kiffin and makes Kocho the interim head coach. December 2013, Hayden passes over Coach O and hires Coach Sarkeesian without a basic background check per USA Today. October 2015, Hayden fires Sark. November 2015, Hayden makes interim head coach Clay Helton the permanent head coach. February 2016, Hayden announces his resignation. April 2016, President Nikias hires Lynn Swan as athletic director. February 2018, Lynn Swan under Nikias gave Helton an extension through 2023. August 2018, Nikias resigns and the university announces they would take a year to find the new president. November 2018, Lynn Swan under an interim president announced the retention of Clay Helton after a 5 and 7 season. July 2019, Dr. Folt took over as university president. September 2019, Lynn Swan resigned as AD. November 2019, Dr. Foltz ignored my suggestion of Theo Epstein and hired Mike Bone. <laughs> Who? In parentheses. Don't take Theo Epstein from me, Tim. Like, I need Theo. I, I need him in my life. Don't take him. Uh, Tim continues. After three years of a figurehead AD with no real authority, USC finally has legitimate leadership in place. However, that leadership is new. Dr. Folt, a real university president, has been on the job for five months, and Mike Bone, a real athletic director, has been there for one month. Neither of them is part of that previous hive, hive mind of incompetence. Mike Bone's job is to right the whole ship, not just football, and that might involve cleaning house. USC Twitter might not like it, but USC Twitter doesn't run a premier Division I athletic department. Can we all give the new leadership more than a couple of weeks to take stock of the program and actually lead? I know the university collectively is long past any benefit of the doubt, but the people to whom vitriol may have been justified are gone. Let's all take a breath and woo-saw for a minute. Thanks. And fight on, Tim in Los Angeles. Just want to clarify one thing here. This email came on Wednesday morning. Tim responded three hours later and says, Ha! Huh, Three hours later, the news broke, and I stand by all this, even with all of that hyperbole on Twitter. This isn't Lynn Swan checking in between golf and autograph outings. This is a real AD with the backing of a real university president. I'm optimistic. We'll see how it shakes out, though. Fight on and beat the insert bowl opponent here. Tim in Los Angeles. So this is interesting because, you know, we were talking earlier about you said that people people were more willing to give Lin Swan the benefit of the doubt last year. And I'm like, what are you talking about? People were like, there was going to be an ad in the LA times. People were flying 
banners to, to, to fire Clay Helton. And I completely forgot. Uh, I don't know. I just it, it put it out of my mind, I guess. Yeah, the, the, the reason that it was that, that, that people gave to kind of, you know, rationalize Lynn Swan's decision to bring back Clay Helton was the, the interim president thing. How do you go on a coaching search without a president? That was the that was the the talking point, which I I I don't even think that's an invalid talking point, but like that excuse to me makes more sense than the excuse of Bram McClay Helton, even if Mike Bone and Carol Folt are legitimately qualified and talented and you know established in in their own positions. Listen, I'm I want to give them a fair shake as we continue to go forward. I'm not going to let this one thing just like I didn't agree with the hiring of, of Clay Hilton. I was still determined to give him a fair shake to judge him on what he does going forward. So I'm not going to like this isn't their la- their final straw for me. Like they deserve more straws or whatever. But at the same time, like all of these excuses for oh, like Lisa, there's no more straws in California. Th- oh, this is true. Uh, metal straws, metal straws or paper straws. Yeah, those are trash. I actually really like the metal straws that they gave us at uh, Pac-12 Media Days this year, but that's because they come with this little like, like, rubbery soft thing on top. That you want to know what I use that thing for? It's a back scratch. <laughs> well, I like it, but uh, either way, um, the the excuses are starting to ring to me the same way that like there's always an excuse for the football team, like there's always an injury or there's always a young player there, there's always a Spot it's a young bad team. Luck. It's a young team. Yeah, like it's always a young team. So like I get like again, each one of these is valid. Like I get that Mike Bone has only been here a month and that he hasn't had time and he has financial things to deal with and all this kind of stuff. And I get that Lynn Swan had an interim president. And I get that you know that there were all sorts of other things that go on b- before that. But it start. It, it's old. I don't know. I I I think that Tim is being very fair here, and I think that's that's fair to have that perspective. And I think it's probably healthy to have the perspective of let's see what they do going forward. But today right. I'm pissed. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, like I think Tim's right in the sense that, you know, Bone and Folt deserve benefit of the doubt that Swan and, and Hayden and, you know, even you can go back to, to Mike Garrett uh, didn't and, and shouldn't have warranted at the end of the day when you when you look at how their collective decisions went down. But... Again, like we talked about, that with with the toxicity around the program and how there is, you know, a, a just a, an overwhelming negativity around Clay Helton's, you know, job status from fans and from donors and from boosters and from all that. Like, yeah, like I, I, I just, I, I, I don't know how you bring him back. I don't know. Uh, let's go back to the voicemails. And uh, let's go to Scott in Memphis. Hey, guys, this is Scott from Memphis. I'm actually surprised that your uh, rant line, rave line, whatever, isn't completely full. (laughs) I mean, because you have probably several hundred thousand people who are going crazy right now and leaving uh, rants. So my take on the matter is, is that Mike Bone. Apparently, is he didn't get who he wanted. I guess he didn't get Urban Meyer. They didn't return his phone calls. Uh, nobody really wanted the job, and and for some reason he didn't want to fire him and then go through some embarrassing 
a coaching search or something. But uh, I guess now we're all just going to sit back and think, well, is it going to be one and three or one and four? And then they're going to deep six them right in the middle of the season. If Graham Harrell stays, he's immediately uh, promoted to head coach. And I don't, I don't know. I mean, apparently we just can't get anyone of any decency. That's my take on the matter. So anyway, and aside, uh, I was reading your Reina Troy website and somebody posted uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi and with the line, you were supposed to destroy Clay, help not join him. That was awesome. I, I can't stop laughing. So, guys, fight on for the players and for ourselves, but not fight on for uh, the administrative staff or Clay Helton. So, all right. I, I can't wait to hear your uh, your podcast. Take care. We're all in misery right now. Bye. Thanks for the call, Scott. Always, uh, always good to hear from you. Uh, Alicia, yeah, I don't know what that Obi Wan thing is. Oh, it was great. Who, yeah, it was Obi-Wan? the you were the chosen one. You weren't supposed to join him. Yeah, that was uh, that, that was Star in Trek? our that was in our social media reaction. Then it's it, I'm Andromeda. Not gonna, what's it? From? I'm I'm not gonna justify. I'm not I'm not gonna dignify you with a response. Battlestar Galactica. <sighs> um, to 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 respond to Scott. Um, I Coneheads. Think, is it from Coneheads? Oh my gosh. He, I think Scott brings up uh, some some good points. The the thing that I was thinking about while he was while he was uh, leaving his his voicemail, two things. One, thank God we didn't have hundreds of thousands of people calling into the rant line because you have enough to deal with with just the calls that we got. Um, yeah, so, and we did, we're not even playing all the calls. Yeah, like, and, and that's not because there are ones that we don't want to play. There's just too many to play at this point. Yeah, it's already a long so, episode. So we're, we're sorry if you didn't make it, if you didn't make it in. Like, yeah. Uh, uh, there's there's just a million of them. And number two was that, uh, yeah, I agree. I think that USC put feelers out to find to see if if people were interested and they didn't like what they heard back. And so they just sort of like gave up. But like, I feel like isn't this the problem? Like, there again, it goes back to what I was saying earlier about how there's always an excuse. Like there's always of the, the story is always that uh, USC struck out on the guys that they wanted. This goes back to to when Pete Carroll was hired. They struck out on the first four guys that they were looking for, five or however many guys that they struck out on before they landed Pete Carroll. So, like, it's always, with the exception of of Lane Kiffin and Steve Sarkeesian, who were USC people, like, USC has always struck out on the the big fish that they've gone after. So, like, at what point is that a USC problem and not, like, a big fish problem? Like, USC is fishing is going deep sea fishing with the little, you know, kitty fishing rod that you buy at, at Toys R Us. Like maybe if you're not catching fish, it's because your rod is, is, is not sufficient for what you need it for. Like again, blue chew. <laughs> I'm just saying like maybe USC not needs a sponsor. To, well, speaking of like blue chew, maybe USC just needs to like grow some balls and go out there and like actually make a serious pursuit of a, of a head coach that they, that they want. And if they get, you know, if they get a, a, a no at first, then to say, OK, fine, what can we do to sweeten this pot to make this worth your while? Like negotiate, play hardball. Like I don't I don't think USC does that. No, no. SC is not shown through their actions that they carry themselves like the blue blood uh, that fans uh, see them as. Uh, definitely. It, it, it just hasn't been there. Speaking of blue bloods. One of the reasons is because of John McKay, 
which leads us to a voicemail we got from the 310, the best area code in the world, by the way. Hey, guys. I enjoy your podcast. I listen to it regularly. Uh, I just wanted to leave a message because um, all the Twitterverse drama is driving me crazy. If you look at McKay's first four years and compare it to Helton, we'd be firing McKay as well. And uh, everybody knows how that ended with uh, USC and the tradition there. I think everybody's missing this. I think one of the things that has been chronic at USC has been issues with integrity within this athletic program, and no one can deny Clay Helton has uh, brought a sense of integrity. Obviously, we have to win, but let's give him a chance. Fight on. Thanks for the call. I, I I do I agree. Yeah, that Clay Helton's integrity is in, is impeccable. Uh, everyone raves about him as a person. Uh, people like him. The players like him. The players fight for him. Uh, the the biggest testimony for for Clay Helton is that you look at this season. There were a million reasons for them to give up the players, and they did not because they like fighting for their coach. And they, you know, it had been so easy after the Oregon game. And they won the last three games because they kept fighting. They kept moving forward. Having said that, we got to stop with the whole John McKay thing. Uh, if we were talking about year one and year two, I will hear that argument. John McKay was four and six in 1960. He was four, five, and one in 1961. He won a national championship going 11 and 0 in 1962. Clay Helton in full year three went five and seven. It, yeah. It's a little different. No, it's it's I, I agree. It's different and different errors and all that kind of stuff. I I I appreciate the call. I appreciate the optimism and the and the fairness. Um, but I, I I guess my perspective is I feel like we gave Clay Helton a very fair shake in the first three years. And so I don't feel like I owe him anything more than what I've given him as far as the fair shake. So yeah, I think he's had ample opportunities, one hundred percent. He got a if you if you really want to talk about fair shakes, he got he got the fair shake of being able to come back for twenty nineteen. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, let's go to a call we got from David Orange County. Rain Troy Radio, what's up? This is Dave from Orange County. So D Day has finally come, and uh, you know we we received some news that just about nobody in the entire fan base wanted to hear that Clay Helton was coming back. Gotta say I'm disappointed by the decision. I strongly, strongly disagree with Mr. Bone. And uh wait, who? Oh yeah, yeah. Mike Bone. Um strongly disagree with your uh your assessment. I'm sure there's a lot more um factors that are involved in this than just what's on the football field, you know, like everybody says, uh Clay Helton seems to be a good guy and, and uh by all accounts most most of the players really, really dig him. So I guess we just gotta just hope and pray, <laughs> you know, hope and pray that everything that we know and we've seen over these last four years is just wrong. Um, you know, I know Clay Helton probably knows more about football, you know, in, in his little pinky than than I know completely. So, you know, I, I, I could be wrong. And you know what, quite frankly, I hope I am wrong. I hope that we're looking back on this and go, thank God somebody had the patience to stick with this. I hope that's what we're saying a year from now. And I, I highly doubt it, but that's what we're hoping for. So, you know, I, we don't have to be happy about it, but I've seen worse coaches than Clay Helton. You know, hello, Paul Hackett. Um, I've seen worse coaches than Clay Helton, so, and I've stuck through with the Trojans thick and thin. So I'll always be a Trojan fan, and thank God there's – 
you know, Raina Troy there to uh, help me get through this. Without the Slack channel, it would be a dark, dark day. So to all the uh, Rockbots out there, Trinice and Darlene and, and, and Top Trojan fan, I love you guys. Thanks for getting me through the day. Quite out. Thanks for the call, Dave, as always. Yeah, thanks so much, Dave. You 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 rock. And I think the big message that I that I want to highlight there is, yes, I hope I'm wrong, too. That is the number one thing that we talk about on this podcast um, with regards to anything that we say. Like I whenever whenever pessimistic Alicia is is out in full force. Uh, I always hope that I am wrong. I will be thrilled uh, to be wrong. Uh, Alicia, I, I, you say we here. Okay, you don't like to be wrong. Well, I, I was also the one saying that no matter what, he was getting fired. So, well, yeah. <laughs> so well, no, I don't know that I can agree with this. You were this being optimistic, here. Michael, there. I'm saying, like, when I'm pessimistic, Alicia, when you're pessimistic, sure. Michael, sure. I think we always hope that when we're being pessimistic or negative or not, you know, sunshine and, and roses, we hope to be wrong, I think, is 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 always what we are are at. Yeah. I, like, like I said, I, I like Clay as a person. Uh, I, I would love to you know, see him succeed. The, sure. How great yeah. of a story would it be? Honestly, how great of a story would it be if Clay Hilton pulled out a national title? I, okay. Here's where I would push back on. Yeah, it, it would be great. Yeah, sure. I, I'm I'm with you, but it, the 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 lecturing from national media would be insufferable. <laughs> this is true. See, this is why you shouldn't have fired him. Like no, like he could have he could have put it all together and learned on the job, and still could have should have been fired at the same time. Like both those things would be true at that point. Like it's it's not an either or at, at that point. Uh, let's get our voicemail we got from, from Darlene in San Diego. Hey, Rana Troy. Darlene from San Diego. I just want to say, can we blame Alicia for this? But really, not really. She was just right, um, which none of us wanted her to be right. But sure, probably feels a little good, although not the best. Um, there's a lot of stuff going on on Twitter right now. It's a madhouse, but I wanted to give a rave for the Rock Crew Slack channel uh, because the last three days we've all just been commiserating, looking for any little update, waiting and waiting for news. And usually I'd have to sit at work wondering all these things and looking at Twitter by myself, but having the Rockbots to talk to the last couple days has been fun, although the news hasn't been fun. So I just want to give a shout out to everyone there who's been in there the last couple of days and just commiserating all all year. Um, it's worth joining the Patreon just for that. Uh, I think my family and friends thank you too because I don't bother them with um, a million texts per day uh, about USC stuff because they don't really care, but the Robots care. Uh, so thanks you guys for that and I don't. The Robots always care, and thank you, Darlene, for being a valuable. Robot in, in the uh, the rock crew. Oh, that made me feel all warm and fuzzy. Uh, no, it's it's been it actually has been very, you know, working through all of these things. It's been nice to have just you know the the robots in in the Slack just like around and random things popping up and random conversations happening and 
weird like relationship updates and <laughs> little, little like you know like what's your favorite Christmas movie and then inter- interspersed is like oh my gosh this is the latest thing that's come up on Twitter or whatever so yeah no I, I I'm really glad that uh, that people are enjoying that aspect um, the slack is not something that I ever thought would grow to be what it is so this has been really really cool but um, I mean it's suddenly turned into like a a, a patreon ad read or something like that. <laughs> I didn't intend that to be but it's been patreon.com really- you subscribe yeah. there's a little 555 you get all of our bonus content uh for 10 bucks you get to join the slack and the rock crew yeah i mean I, I don't think that, our though. i i do not expect our patreon numbers to rise in the coming month at all <laughs> yeah i was expecting uh a a you know a few uh, people part in ways uh, just because people are people are upset. People are upset about about USC, um, and and people are diso- disassociating themselves. Uh, we did get a text message uh, into the rant line uh, from from Mark, who said that uh, you know, I, I, paraphrasing here, but I, I love you guys, but I I can't do this anymore. And and that sentiment uh, is true for a lot of people. So. Um, we get it at the same point the the rock crew has been awesome to see grow, um, uh, and, uh, it's not going anywhere. Well, I think that there are some people who can disassociate and some people who can't like, I'm somebody who can't disassociate, not just, you're an addict, yeah. well, yeah, I'm an addict, but not just cause it's my job, but like, if it wasn't my job, I still wouldn't be capable of disassociating. So like for those people, maybe we can become like a support group. Like, you know, we're here. We're still, we're still, we're still putting stuff I, together. I just want to, I just want to say, as as a, as an alum of a football school who got their program taken away this year, you're having a rough year. At, at least, at least you USC fans have a football program to root for. <laughs> Rip Narbonne. Let's go to one last voicemail we got from Jake from the West Bruin Show. My good friends, Michael and Alicia. I hope you had a uh, wonderful Thanksgiving. I enjoyed exchanging pictures of uh, our Thanksgiving meals, and uh, I, I believe that Alicia's uh, looked very good, and I believe Michael's uh, food was not touching enough, but uh, that goes without saying, uh, because you don't like food like a normal person does, my friend. Um, really, I don't have uh, too much to say other than I hope you guys have a good holiday season, and uh, I know you guys may be, like, you know, super busy uh, with USC news or maybe not so busy just looking for a bowl game depending on what's what's going to happen but uh, I hope you guys enjoy your holiday season and uh, in conclusion Clay Helton is a fine man believes in faith family and football and he must be retained good night Th- thank you Jake um, <laughs> yeah Jake willed that into existence you think it came the, the voicemail came in on Tuesday yeah b- before the news yeah I mean, part of me thinks that Jake might have been making phone calls to Mike Bones' office all wow. the last two weeks to saying, you know, leaving messages with that message, you know, Clay Hilton. Wow. Great man. Should be retained. Faith Family Football, baby. I have a feeling that's going to get that's going to get cut and put on What's Bruin Show. You're not so that's how you give him the idea. <laughs> that's how I give him the idea. Oh, yeah. Dear. Oh dear. Yeah, yeah. All right, Lisa, this is going to wrap up this episode. Yeah. Uh, it's been an interesting one because we've ha- taken so many voicemails. Uh, we're we're sorry we can't get to all of them. 
Uh, we got so many. We just couldn't fit everything Th- in here. This is why we do a montage during the season. <laughs> this is true. Yeah. And uh, we didn't want to montage it. We wanted to, to, to talk about as many of these things. We and, wanted and to be stew a, in it. And have a little bit of a therapy session. If, yeah. A, a little bit. So, yeah. That's where we are. How are you guys? How are you, Elise? How, how, how's, how's life? Um, how are you doing? How do I describe life right now? Life is, I bought a pack of Hostess Donuts. There you go. Uh, crunch mini, mini donuts. And I opened that pack. I, I resolved to only open that pack when we got news, one way or another, about Clay Helton. And I opened that pack. And as it stands, we are now technically on Thursday. But as it stands, as we're recording this, there is exactly one donut left. Wow. I live alone. I live alone. That that's that's I think that describes where my state of mind is today. <laughs> All right, let's talk about some positives. <laughs> Top three things in your life uh, since the football season ended, regular football season ended. Um, I got mega puppy cuddles on Monday. There you go. From from my my beautiful German Shepherd. Uh, uh, God dog. Um, I am going wine tasting with my brother this weekend for my friend's birthday. So that's super exciting. And, um, since the season ended, uh, I don't, I don't know what Thanksgiving was fun. There you go. Thanksgiving was good. I actually, my Thanksgiving plate was my most well-planned and organized plate ever. It was perfectly portioned, perfectly organized in terms of things Grossest that were touching, thing I've ever seen. touching each other in, in the right way. Had the right portion of turkey, had the right portion of ham, perfect portion of, of mashed potatoes and gravy, nice big old chunk of green bean casserole and cranberry uh, relish and, uh, you know... A couple of rolls. It was very, very good. I you you sent me pictures, yeah. and it was the grossest thing I've ever seen. As Jake, not as gross as Jake's. Jake's was disgustinger. <laughs> Jake's there had was more like food a, on it. There, there was like a pool in the middle of that was like a. <laughs> it was like a confluence of like gravy and corn juice and turkey juice and cranberry juice. Like it looked hideous. It looked like a koi pond that wasn't clean. <laughs> a koi pond of gravy and sauces. Yes, I love you, Jake. I, I look at you like a, like a like a big brother. But that plate, man, killing me, killing. Me. Yep, it looked good to me. Mm hmm. Nope. 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 Anyways, that'll wrap up this episode, episode three hundred and forty-nine. Which means you know what the next one is three fifty. Hey oh. Yeah, look at that. Uh, thanks for listening as always. Again, if you want to join uh, our Patreon, getting a bunch of bonus content. Uh, $5.55, you get all of our, our bonus episodes, our bonus podcasts. Patreon.com slash Reign of Troy. For 10 bucks a month, you get to join our Slack channel, which is with the Rot Crew. Uh, we got a bunch of people in there, always talking about USC football, always talking about life, always talking about a bunch of different stuff. 
rumors about a bunch of random things. There's, it's, it's fun. It is enjoyable. You will enjoy it. Patreon.com slash Reign of Troy. It's where you can, uh, you can join and we'll add you to Slack channel. So, yeah. Got a final word? Um, the final word might be too depressing to say. Oh, uh, I, I know what it is. Well, it's actually straight up like depression. Yeah, no, I, I know what the, the word is. What is it? It's Nick Foles' contract. <laughs> Let's go with that, yeah. What Worst contract, Nick Foles or Clay Helms? Woo. Real talk. It's gotta be Nick, Fo- Nick Foles, right? Yeah. Uh, oof. Oof. Slovis, 20, 22. Jacksonville. You're here first. <laughs> Number one pick. Yeah, you're delusional. Let's end it. All right, see ya. See ya. See ya. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.